Welcome to Telford Elim Sunday Podcast. We are so glad you could join us. To keep up to date with all that's going on, please go to telfordelim.com. I do hope you enjoy today's talk. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ben. I am the Youth and Young Adults Pastor here. If you are here for the first time or if you've never been before, you are very, very welcome. And uh, please come say hi at the end of the service to myself or anybody. Just say hello to somebody and somebody will say hello back, hopefully. So, um, but yeah, please come say hello. So this morning, I'm going to carry on a little bit from uh, kind of work through Deborah a little bit and go a little bit more in depth. So can you high five the person next to you and say, are you ready? Does the person next to you look ready? If they don't look ready, just high five them in the face. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to set the scene for us a little bit here, and I'm going to bring out some points from this story of Deborah. And it's really great to preach from a place of, of having seen a drama because you've got a bit of a visual idea of what's going on. But the book of Judges, which is where this story is found, is uh, it's a bit of a repetitive book, I'm going to be honest. If you've ever read the book of Judges, it's a bit repetitive. It's just the same story over and over again with different people. Uh, but it's a, it's a repetitive in a good way, and it tells the story of Israel, God's people, in a cycle. And what that cycle is, is that there's a generation, they abandon God, then they face hardship, then they cry out to the Lord, and he comes to rescue and that's basically what the, ju- the judges cycles, it's called. That's what it is. It just cycles over and over again. It gets a bit repetitive. It's a bit of, uh, of the same pattern. But it shows generation after generation following the same pattern. We keep following the same pattern. Because as humans, we're a bit creatures of habit, aren't we? And so it shows generation after generation following the same pattern. Actually, I think Judges tells the story of our lives a little bit. That sometimes we come up against situations, we forget God in our situation, we face a challenge, we come running to him and he saves us every single time. Isn't that right? That's a gracious God, right? The judges' cycles, the judges' uh, story of the people of God actually shows that God never gives up on his people. God never ever gives up. If you think God has given up on us, in 2019, if you think God has given up on you, then he hasn't. Read Judges. He never gives up. Even when you abandon God, he does not give up on you. It's incredible, right? He's such a good God. So here we have in Judges chapter 4, the story of Deborah the prophetess. It starts with the first few verses telling us that there was some uncertainty in the land. So the previous judge's name was Ehud. He had died. He had caused some uncertainty in the land. As a result, they had stopped looking to God. And as a result of that, God had given them over to their enemies, the Canaanites. I feel like we need like a gasp on the screen again for this bit. And so after 20 years of oppression, imagine that, right? 20 years of oppression. 20 years of your life lost to oppression to an enemy. After 20 years, they finally get the point that they should cry out to God. That God will come and save them. And so, here we have, wonderfully displayed in the drama, Deborah the judge, 
Thank you for that, Sandra. I noticed when Liz said a wise woman, you pointed at yourself like this. <laughs> you were claiming that one for yourself. <laughs> and so the people used to go and see Deborah, like we saw in the drama, and it was a sort of court. So they'd go and sort out their problems with, with one another. Say someone had stolen someone's sheep, they'd go and sort it out with Deborah. And Deborah would pray to God, get some wisdom, and speak the wisdom over the people. That's basically what Deborah was. She was a prophetess, and she would be able to hear from God. And so, when the time was right, we saw that Deborah called for Barak. And she said this to Barak, it's time to take out Sisera. It's time to take him out. I've had enough. God's had enough. It's time to take him out. And the point first is, that Deborah was positioned with a purpose. And I'm going to unpack this for us as our lives as well and apply it for us. But Deborah has been positioned in this story with a purpose. For such a time as this. This was Deborah's moment. There was an enemy against her people. There was an enemy against her. And just like before, just like many times before and many times after, the enemy was against the people of God. But this mighty woman of God knew where to turn first. That's really important. This mighty woman of God knew where to turn first. And this is what she does. So good. She prays. She listens. She acts. She prays. She listens. And then she acts. See, I think as Christians... And I don't just speak for anybody else. I, I speak for myself as well. That as Deborah lives a life, it really seems so simple that she prays, she listens, and she acts. And that's how she lives her life. And, and there's a song that came to my mind that was reading the story of Deborah. There's a song, if you want to just YouTube it later after church, called Surrounded. It says, Surrounded, this is how I fight my battles. Please Google it. It's by a, a team called Upper Room. Just a fantastic worship moment, worship song. And I got me thinking, I wonder what purpose God has put us in our positions for. And I'm not just talking about myself here and positioned at this church, but I'm talking about you in your jobs. I'm talking about you in your neighborhoods. I'm talking about you in the places that you go, in the places that you live. If you ever thought, why has God positioned me in this position? Do you know what you are in that position for? Do you know your purpose? Do you know God has placed you in your position to be an overcomer? Can I get an amen for that? Do you know God has placed you to be an overcomer in your position? You see, we can learn lots from Deborah. We can learn lots from Debs. Let's make it more personal, right? We can call her by a nickname, which is most likely Debs. So, see, she learned something essential for us as Christians. You see, she learned how to pray, then listen, then act. We're really, really good at the first one, right? Pretty good at praying, hopefully. Generally, pretty good at praying. Number two, things start to get a bit iffy. Sometimes we don't spend the time listening. 
or maybe we'll give a minute for God to answer before we're speaking about the next thing we don't give time to listen to God and the third one acting upon what we feel God said I think we are sometimes even worse at doing we don't give time to even listen never mind the act and so I love that this story brings out Deborah who just takes the time to pray to listen and then act I wonder whether as a church we can become those kind of people got one amen for that if we can become a people that listen sorry that pray then we listen and then we act what kind of church would we be if we did that I think we would transform our communities I think you would transform your workplaces I think you would transform anywhere that you go I think you would transform your local supermarket when you're doing your weekly shop unless you do it online in which point you can just transform the guy who delivers it right (laughs) here's my second point you were never meant to do this on your own look around the room look at people in the eyes please don't laugh at each other (laughs) Sandra (laughs) look at each other in the eyes you see you were never meant to do this alone I love this in the story of Deborah right Deborah calls upon a a friend I think in Barrack where's Barrack Claretta you're there you couldn't miss purple Barrack okay (laughs) I'm going to say this every week, aren't I, Claretta? I'm so sorry. <laughs> but she calls upon Barakin. She obviously had a prior relationship with Barakin. I think you can tell by the way that the conversation went. And Deborah knew she was never meant to do this herself. And so she called upon Barakin. Barak came. And she knew that she was meant to deliver her people. Israel from the enemy but actually what she says to Barak is fascinating in the scripture because she says this has not the Lord God of Israel commanded you Deborah actually confirms something that God has already spoken to Barak and because she has prayed and listened she's now acting She's called Barak to her, and then she confirms something that Barak already has been told by God. It's fascinating. Deborah has already heard it. Deborah has heard it from God, and she's actually confirming a word that Barak has heard. Listen to it again. Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded? It's like a reinforced, you already know this. You already know God's been speaking to you about taking your army to defeat the enemy. But it took Deborah... To, to make Barak do it. To encourage Barak to do it. You see, God often brings confirmation when he speaks to us. Has anyone ever experienced this before where God's put a word on your heart and then suddenly someone comes up to you and says the exact same thing that God has put on your heart? I think that's part of the Christian life. I really do. You see, he speaks to us especially if what we believe he wants us to do for other people. Now I think Barak was a bit scared because even though he'd heard from God and Deborah 
Debs had confirmed it. He said, I don't want to go on my own. Can you come with me, Debs? I don't want to do this on my own. Can you come with me? And so she agrees. And she said, I was happy to let you take the glory for this. I was happy for you to go and fight this battle. I know God has called us to, to defeat the enemy. I was happy for you to go and take the honor. The, the honor could be yours, Barak. But because, this is brilliant, right? I'm not saying anything about women right this, in this verse, but it's, you can tell it's a woman. <laughs> Shouldn't say that, should I? But Deborah says, certainly I will go with you. But because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. Interesting, isn't it? You see, you've got to remember the culture then was very male-dominated, very male-led. And Deborah is actually the only female judge that we see in the whole of the judges period. And yet, she says, I'm willing to let you take the honor for this, Barak. I'm willing to let you go. I'm willing to let you go win this battle. I know God's going to give the enemy to your hands. And Barak says, but I want you to come, Deborah. And she says, that's fine. I will come. But just know I'm taking the honor if I'm coming. Just know God's delivering his people into the hands of a woman. I love that statement because it's so true. There's nothing wrong with it. But she's just reminding Barak of what's about to happen. That she'll take the honor for going with him. You see, they were facing the enemy and setting Israel free together though. Because they were never meant to do this on their own. Even though Debs says, I'll take the honor, she's doing it with Barak. She's not going off on her own. She's not going to do it by herself. She's still going together with Barak. See, you were never called to fight the enemy alone. Interesting, isn't it? You were never called to fight the enemy alone. We were always called to do this in community together. You see, when you look around at you, when you look each other in the eyes earlier, what we actually do is we call upon one another. We call upon one another, and when one's down, the others will carry you. That is church. That we are together fighting the battle together. Side by side, arms in arms, together. I think it is so important for church unity that we remember this. And it isn't just about this church. Obviously, we are called to be a family of God in this church. But actually, every single church in Telford, in this land, in this world, every Christian, whether they annoy you or not, you are in battle with them. They are on your side, arms in arms. Whether they say the right things, whether they do the right things, you are in battle with them, fighting the enemy. We are in this together. What would it look like if we as a church could remember this? If we as a church were fighting our battles together, no more private hidden battles, no more things that we cannot say, no more secrets. Now I'm not saying that you need to come to church and 
speak out your biggest, darkest secret, right? What I am saying is that you need to grab two or three people around you and tell them. Because you are not meant to fight your battles alone. And nothing is too big, dark, secret for God. Because once God's light shines upon an area of your life, he'll change it. But sometimes for God's light to shine on that area in your life, you need to speak it out to the people around you, to people you trust, to people who you know aren't just going to gossip about it, but actually will take it in prayer to God and listen and then help you act. It's nice that, isn't it? It's good that, isn't it? That we're together, we're called to be close, we're called to battle for one another, to pray for one another, to live our best life for one another. The best thing is we are already on the winning side. I'm so glad some people said amen right there. We are already on the winning side. Some of us think that we are on the defensive. Some of us think that we need to be on the defensive. Some of us think because of the way our world is at the moment that Christians should be on the back foot. Let me tell you right now, we are not on the back foot. The war is already won. Jesus already came. He died, forgave us of all of our sins and came so that we could have life and life in all of its fullness, right? We, are not, we don't need to be on the defensive, right? The gospel talks for itself. We are on the winning side. It's so nice being on the winning side. I wish every sports game started and that my side was just the, t- the side that was going to win. But it's great because I know in life, no matter what happens, no matter what I face, no matter what obstacle comes against me, I know in my heart of hearts, I know no matter what, I no matter no, how big whatever it is is in front of me, I know I'm on the winning side. I know that Jesus already paid for the victory. The war is won. It's just the battle that's raging on. This is just the battle. I might lose the battle, but I, already, I know I'm in Jesus still. I might win the battle and know I'm in Jesus still. Whatever the outcome of the battle, Jesus doesn't change. Sometimes we lose. Sometimes we just... For whatever reason, it feels like we've lost something. And it's in those moments that it is so important that we remember that we are on the winning side. That Jesus has got you in the palm of his hand and he doesn't let go of you ever. Even when you abandon him, even when you turn your back on him, even when you have sinned against him, he does not turn your back, does not turn his back against you. It's incredible, isn't it? What a saviour we have. You see, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. Ephesians 6 verse 12. You're not fighting against each other. We're fighting powers and principalities. So here we have Barak with his army up up against the massive army of Sisera, the Canaanites. Barak and Deborah going into war up against the massive army of Sisera with the 900 chariots of gold and I'm sure some lethal weapons on there as well. And they've got a bunch of farmers 
with a spade, maybe. Maybe a stick. What chance do they have of winning this battle? You see, in the natural, this battle makes no sense whatsoever. In the natural, you think you are an idiot. In the natural, I'm sure some of the people of Israel thought, Debs has got this one wrong. Deborah, Barak, you are crazy. What are you doing? We are never going to defeat the armies of Sisera. But God has spoken. And because God has spoken, it makes sense. It's only because God has spoken that this battle makes any sense. Without God, they would surely lose. But God has spoken. You see, when the enemy is approaching, when all seems lost, when the outcome seems inevitable, when Barry comes running towards you, sorry Barry, when the earthquake is happening in life, sorry Barry, again, (laughs) where do you turn? Barry's a good picture of this, right? Because Barry's a lot taller than me. If Barry comes running towards me, I'm moving out of the way. But actually, when Barry comes towards me, sorry to use you as an enemy sister here, Barry, but I'm sure you can cope with it. When he comes towards me, where do I turn? I love this bit in Psalm 121. It says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I love this because it says, where does my help come from? And the answer is this, my help comes from the Lord. And then there's this thing that we can't comprehend. It says, the maker of heaven and earth. What that means is, the one who did, he created all of this. Where does my help come from when the armies of Sisera come towards me? My help comes from the biggest, best, amazing God. The only God. The guy who made the heavens and the earth comes from him where does my help come from my third point is this we need to trust God and his word because Deborah and Barak acted because they heard God speak you see God had already spoken to them And they had faith that when God spoke, he would act upon what he had spoken to them. You see, the enemy got stuck in the mud. No one saw that coming. Not even the enemy saw it coming. The enemy came, they charged, they looked amazing to look at. But suddenly... The rains came and the ground underneath them literally gave way. You know what? The army may have looked nice with their nice golden chariots, but those nice golden chariots would have looked very muddy very quickly. They would have looked very easy to beat very, very quickly. And they were chased away from the land and killed by the armies of Israel. Israel was free. God's people were free. After 20 years of oppression, They were free. You know what, church? We are free. We're so, so free. We're not even facing oppression. There's many countries in our world that are facing oppression, where Christians are facing oppression. 
I think we, we need to be very careful and not pretend that we're facing a, oppression, okay? We need to be very careful about what we think oppression is. Because I can still go on a street corner and preach the gospel if I want to. People might not like it, but that's not oppression. The Bible tells us people won't like it. But we still have the freedom to do that in this country. We still have the freedom to go on the street. You see, when God speaks to us, let's be people who trust him. Are you up for that? I'm not saying that you don't. I'm sure there are many, many of us who have heard from God and trusted him in seasons of our lives and continue to do so as well. But I mean, we really trust him. That when God speaks, that we trust him because he will always come through. He will always come through, no matter what your situation, no matter what you face, God always comes through. Even when the outcome is different to what you expected, God always comes through. There is a plan and a purpose for every single life in this room. God has a plan and a purpose for every single person in this world. That's, try and get your head around that. That God has a plan and a purpose for those who love him. I couldn't share the end of this story with the kids in the room. But I encourage you to read the end, chapter, the end of Judges chapter 4. I'm just saying I'm going camping next week. And I'm slightly concerned. Because it involved tent pegs and heads. So young people, you're banned from reading Judges 4. Until after Limitless Festival. But let's just say it didn't end well. Let's just say if it was a movie, it's getting rated as an 18. Okay? Actually, the same can be said for many of the judges' stories, to be honest. But let's just say it didn't end well. I don't want to say anything more than I feel like God's put on my heart for us this morning. Is that okay, church? I don't even know what time it is. But I hope you're okay with us finishing a bit earlier this morning because I don't want to add anything more than what I feel God's put on my heart to share. But what I would like us to do is to stand. And we're just going to pray. I'm just going to pray. Let's see what God does. Because I really believe that that God wants to speak to your heart and your minds this morning and into your soul. And I pray that some of the words that I have spoken this morning have been like arrows into the areas that God wants to reveal in your life that you need to change. And so Father God, we thank you for how awesome you are. Father, we thank you that you have positioned us with a purpose. Father, that you have positioned us in our lives tomorrow, Father, with a purpose. That God, we are not there by accident, Father. We have not got our jobs by accident. We are not uh, in school, Father, at the moment, or on holidays by accident, Father, or whatever we are doing tomorrow, Father, that we are not there by accident, that you have placed us in that position, Father. You have placed us living next to that next door neighbor or the person across the road, Father, with a purpose to reveal you to them. 
And so, Father, I pray that tomorrow that we be a people who learn how to pray. We learn how to listen to you in a greater way. And we would learn how to act upon your word. The Father, we would be a people that were never meant to do this on our own. There would be a people that are together in unity. That we walk this life and this journey together. No matter what it throws at us. We stick together. And Father, we we just want to say we trust you. We trust you, God. We trust your word. Fathers, let us be people who just trust that when you speak, we will act. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Telford Elim Sunday podcast. To keep up to date, go to telfordelim.com or find us on social media.